nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hi, welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and I am thrilled to be here today. Usually I'm just excited, but today I'm really thrilled. So I just wanted to share our sponsors this week is uh, Kim Evans Institute for Integrative Medicine in Louisville, Kentucky, where they make you an active partner in your care in healing your mind, body, spirit, and soul. Kim has a new book out called Transforming Healthcare, Healing You, Me, and Our Broken Disease Care System. If you have any interest in transforming healthcare, read this book. You will love it. So for information, contact us. Contact www.integrativemedicine4u.com. And integrative medicine is all spelled out. Four is a number. U is just a letter. And then also check out the very popular Holly Blue Nurse Community app, which is for and about nurses. And that is www.hollyblue.com a community where nurses thrive. So today's show is called Nurses, Could You Use Some Love and Light? And I can imagine there's probably not a nurse out there who wouldn't be looking for that. So I hear from nurses and and healthcare workers daily. I hear the incredible things you do to help patients and families under your care in COVID and non-COVID units. There are stories of love for coworkers, exhaustion, rage, Efforts to lighten the load of each other and mind-numbing, heart-aching memories. I hear your doubts about yourself and your abilities under these unrelenting experiences. Who wouldn't have doubts? Do you just want to rest your mind and hearts to feel love and see light ahead of you? It is my. It has been my dream for the last at least 10 months to bring that to you in some concrete way. In January, I discovered my guests, Melissa Cortez and Dr. Natalie Trevino of CortexEnergySystems.org and and realized their dream is my dream, is your dream. My uh, once a nurse marketing director, Tanya Abreu, uh, and I joined with these women to create the Love and Light for Nurses website. Join us to hear how we can help you reach the support and empowerment that will re-energize you to stay in the game and find new energy to not just survive, but to come alive to transform healthcare led by nurses. That's my goal. So I'd like to welcome my guests now. And um, Melissa Cortez, could you uh, tell us a little bit, uh, just a quick summary of your nursing background, and then how in the heck did you come to start Cortex Energy Systems? Sure, Leanne. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be part of this awesome project with you guys, Um, you and Tanya, and, you know, my, my good friend and sister, Natalie. We're really excited to offer this 
space for nurses. Um, I have been a nurse for 10 years now. I've been a traveler nurse. I see you in critical care for the past seven, um, but I've probably done anything in nursing, kind of hunting around for my niche. And I really discovered that my niche was to have a pulse on all parts of nursing so that I could really go out there and offer a solution to them that would help every nurse in every area deal with the stress that we're facing. So I went on a COVID crisis contract this past year and worked in COVID um, and saw that it was just so much different than nursing had been 10 years ago. And I said, you know, what happened? And I started to go on this journey of how can I heal the profession? And it really was Natalie who was like, that's great, but you have to, you have to heal yourself first. And Mm. I went on this journey of just self-empowerment and self-love. And one of the biggest things that helped me with that was mindfulness and meditation and, you know, stuff that, critical care nurses and myself really think is kind of woo-woo. And then I started using it at the bedside to stop the stress response and help myself heal from PTSD and all the other terrible uh, kind of symptoms that I started getting. And I didn't even know that I had them. Um, It was, it wasn't until my husband who's an active duty in the military was like, I think you have PTSD. And I was like, no way. And then I started like researching it and I was like, I think I do. And that was kind of the major thing that Natalie and I have come across with Cortex and our company is really these nurses, half of them don't even know that they have the need. They have this going on. They just think it's what's going to happen. And we just go back to work and keep doing the same thing and it'll get better eventually. But really the first step in transforming healthcare and changing the way things are is by healing ourselves. Um, And mindfulness and meditation have been a way for me to do that. And so we offer a program um, that integrates that into the hospital in a very new um, and innovative way by providing resources right directly at the bedside. Yeah, let's welcome Natalie and Tanya, and then we can uh, dive a little deeper into this. So, Natalie, thank you, and apparently thank you on behalf of Melissa, too, because of her finding this, we're all finding this through you. So, can you briefly tell us about your career, kind of through dentistry, how did you come to co-find, co-found this website for nurses, the Cortex Energy Systems? Okay, Um well, yes, I'm, I'm, well, I just want to say thank you, Leanne, for having me on here. I'm really excited to be here. You've, been, you've become such a great friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am a general dentist in San Antonio, Texas, and I have been in practice for about nine years, and I love dentistry, and, and I miss it. You know, I stepped away from working chairside because my shoulders and my back were hurting a lot. And, you know, as, as healthcare providers, we feel our first obligation is to our patients and we ignore the signals we are receiving to take care of ourselves. And it just caught up with me. So I began reading and studying about, you know, anything I could get my hands on about chronic pain, energy center points, chakras, sleep, airway, breathing, mindfulness and meditation. And I even studied neuromeditation, too. So during all of that, Melissa and I were in frequent conversations about, you know, just the struggles that were facing both of us. And um, we, we, we started exercising a lot of these techniques. And 
they started working well for, for not only myself, but for Melissa as well. And that's kind of how we wanted to share. We decided to share it with others and, and really that's how we created Cortex. So that's, that's the path. <laughs> that's, that's the nutshell. We're going to, we're going to make that a bigger, bigger balloon here when we come back. So uh, Tanya Abreu um, has been working with me for about 18 months, I'd say. And so, Tanya, if you can come in and just kind of share a quick summary of what brought you to be working with me and then how uh, you came to bring Cortex Energy Systems and Once a Nurse together. Oh, that's that's a lovely introduction. It has been a true heart's pleasure to work with you, Leanne. Your commitment to bettering the way nurses feel about their jobs, function in their jobs, and can create a better future is is like an epidemic. It is so catchy. Um, and I don't want to refer to it, in, but, you know, it's kind of in the same same time as the pandemic. It's really, look around. Things have to change. Nurses mm-hmm. aren't healthy, physically or spiritually. I have worked with you on taking once a nurse to a movement level, not just about exploring the world of nursing, but changing the world of nursing. When I met through you, Melissa and Natalie, these kind of fireballs of <laughs> healthcare providers, each in yeah. their own industry, but each committed to taking away the pain of practicing in today's world, literal pain and spiritual, emotional pain. And how can I not be a part of that? And I just, every step of the way, as we re-envision the podcast and we re-envision the website and we create a a loving and light space for healthcare providing nurses, I I just get more and more excited. So I'm going to stop now and hear more. (laughs) And thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Okay, thank you. That That is wonderful. It's always nice to hear nice things about yourself and, and even more wonderful when it goes out to thousands of people. <laughs> so let's go back, Melissa, and talk a little bit more about what actually, what was it like to start? I mean, what were you experiencing and how did you know you needed to, to do something? I mean, you walked away from nursing, basically, and the money that nursing brings in order to make this happen, Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, a little bit about my life, um, because I think that nurses, in addition to what we do at the bedside, have a life at home. Um, I have three little ones um, under the age of six, and my husband is active duty, like I said. So a lot of times when I am working a 12-hour shift, husband is away and unavailable. So I have the support of a really great nanny. We are not close to family at all. Um, and when you're a nurse at the bedside, you really don't have time for family. Um, if there's an emergency at home, I better have two or three people that can come and take care of my kids because I can't get there. Um, that patient is always first. And in the back of your mind, when you have young children, you know, that's something that you're carrying with you throughout the day. And then I started, you know, the fear of getting my kids sick, the fear of getting someone that I loved sick. Um, and, that in combination with just the tremendous amount of death that we saw, um, it, it was like you, as a critical care nurse, when you go to work, you're like excited, you're creating solutions, people get better. Some people die, of course, but, you know, it was either 
we did everything we could or, you know, the family chose to, you know, take that comfort route. But in COVID, it was just like everybody, there was no solution. They just got sicker and sicker and then they might look better and then be worse the next day. And it, it just was a different animal. It was so different. We didn't have PPE. You know, we're being forced to reuse PPE um, that was single use. And people, even in the beginning of the pandemic, were getting fired for wearing PPE at certain organizations yeah. when it wasn't provided to everyone. And it was yeah. almost like my idea of what nursing was just was crushed. It was like, this is my profession. Yeah. This doesn't seem like um, the profession that I fell in love with and that I went into. And I started having nightmares. Um, you know, I, maybe I can touch a little bit on the difference between moral distress and um, PTSD because moral distress is, is like situations where you're expected to make decisions that don't go along with what we usually would do. Like we were running out of fentanyl or we're running out of propofol. So we're switching drugs or we're being a little bit conservative. And that's hard because you want to keep your patient as comfortable as possible, but you also are scared that you're going to run out. Um, for those right. patients that are dying or that really need it. So it was, it was hard. That's an instance of moral distress. As those instances stack up, it leads to moral injury. PTSD is generally referred to one particular moment. Um, and I can tell you several particular moments that I had, but one in particular, I was in a room with a patient. Um, we were turning the patient. The patient popped off the ventilator sometimes happens, um, especially with our large kind of bariatric population that are difficult to turn. And when I went to reconnect the vent, my mask, actually, the integrity of the mask was um, destroyed and the, the strap broke. And there I am in the room inhaling aerosolized COVID. Um, and I specifically, you know, I'll have nightmares about that night sweat. Um, there'll be times when I had a panic attack just at home. Mm -hmm. I actually remember I locked myself in the bathroom one day and had to call the neighbor across the street because I couldn't deal with my kids. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they were just crying, normal things, but I was just such in a panic state that I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. And I didn't know where it was coming from. And um, we have a tendency to, to take all these events and just kind of pack them down um, deep and not address them. And when we don't allow our emotions to flow, um, we compartmentalize things and that's what turns into PTSD triggering events. Um, and the things that mindfulness and Natalie and the development of Cortex taught me was that there isn't a way, there is a way to stay present during situations like that, allow your emotions to flow and to feel them and then deal with the emotions at the time that they happen so that you don't have to hide them or you don't feel like you have to shove them down. And that's really what's important about our bedside integration is how do we do that and continue on with our day and be able to function without completely falling apart. I feel like a lot of nurses hold it all together because they feel like if they get into one element or one specific piece of them that was really traumatic, they'll just fall apart completely. Um, right. And before I started doing this practice and, and learning how to piece it out kind of um, and be mindful during my day uh, and using the breath, I think is really important as an anchor. You might not be able to have any other tools with you, but you always are breathing. Um, and I think Natalie can speak more to that. But one of the, my favorite times is before the patient's about to get sick, you can kind of watch in the monitor like, uh-oh, their heart rate's changing or maybe they've entered um, 
an agonal rhythm, your heart rate responds, right? We get that stress mm-hmm. response. So that's the trigger for the nurse to say, okay, where's my heart rate? I've got to stand out here and get my PPE on. We've learned now that there's no emergency in a pandemic. You put your, put your protective equipment on before you go in. So during that time is a great opportunity to draw attention to the breath and start using the technique. Um, and I think Nat can really speak to some of those, those healing breathing techniques that, that we use. Right. Before we go to Natalie, I wanted to just mention um, I had lots of PTSD-type experiences, too, that I still experience um, the results from. But um, one of the things that I learned in the course of, of recovering from it uh, was that the more you push down this toxic feelings and, and emotions and things that are going on, um, it doesn't stay there. I always uh, uh, compare it to um, uh, atomic waste. It's like you can put it in whatever container you want to. You can bury it as deep as you want in the deepest, darkest cave. But it's going to come out. It's going to get through that barrier uh, at, the, at a time when you least expect and least can probably deal with it. Um, so it's really, really important that when you realize that these are the experiences you're having, to get help as soon as possible. If that's just talking to somebody, if that's, you know, these kinds of things that Natalie and uh, Melissa are going to be able to share with you. So Natalie, um, when Melissa started talking about these things to you, what were your thoughts? Because you were already doing this study, right? Mm -hmm. Natalie? Yes, Leanne. I I think that uh, as an empath, that's that's me, really able to feel a lot of people's emotions and you know, you're you're constantly trying to trying to you know take care of yourself in a way and trying to get out of your head. You know, and mm-hmm. I think when you have these traumatic events or when you're you're dealing with trauma, especially in the ICU, you you like Melissa said, she was remembering things that happened, instances, and that's like ruminating, rumination of 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 replaying these events over and over in your head. And there's a specific area in the brain that that's called there's a, there's a strip of the cortex called the cingulate cortex, and there's an area that, that is overstimulated over and over when you're thinking about these things. And one way to, to help diffuse that, to help you get out of your head, are these mindfulness practices. So, you know, meditative practices and mindfulness have been integrated into the health field because they work. You know, and there are numerous publications on this, and that number is growing exponentially. So mm-hmm. these practices assist the subconscious mind, and when we do that, we begin to control how we can perceive the world. And, and that's, that's really important because circumstances are going to be what they are, and we can't change that, but what we can change is how we see the world and respond to our environment. And, and many people feel like we stumble across this world and things just happen that we have really no... Mm-hmm. No agency, you know, but, but the reality is that we have this ability to control our thoughts. And I know it seems, sounds simple at first, but it can be very difficult when you try to do it. And when we engage in these, mm-hmm. these practices of meditation and um, mindfulness, we build this capacity to control our thoughts. And, and most importantly, we, we build our capacity to see how, how we see the world with, with new eyes. And I think that's the foundation of resiliency. So, um, 
You know, and, and, and one of the things, like Melissa said, is that one of the things we control is the breathing exercises. And, you know, the heart is intimately connected to the lungs and the transportation of oxygen. And mm-hmm. so the heart and respiration patterns are, are very closely linked, right? And so when we slow our breathing down and we breathe in a slow, relaxed pace, we, our heart, our, our inhalations coincide with our increases in our heart rate and our exhalations coincide with our decreases in our heart rate. And this balances the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. So it's important that, that we are, it's good to know that because then we know, okay, we can do these different, these different practices. So like a practical tip, and I love sharing this, this is called the, the box breathing. And, and there, there's a term called, I think I heard this called needle epilepsy, right? Especially with, with students if you're getting ready to maybe start an IV or, or an A-line. If, uh-huh. if you need to, you know, you got to be calm and focused. Yeah. So box <laughs> breathing is great. And it's simple. And, and if you, all you got to do, you want to be calm and focused. So you just breathe in for four seconds through your nose. And you hold for four seconds. And then you exhale for four seconds. And you want to do this for at least three cycles. And this is a tactical exercise that a lot of um, military guys use, you know. Uh, I think, Melissa, didn't you say that um, um, who are the guys that are, are top of the Navy? I mean, they, they use this mm. often, but it's boxing yeah, to help Mar- stay calm and focused. Marsoc, yeah, MARSOC Marines use it um, as a way of mitigating stress, like if they're going to take a far shot. Um, to, to calm their parasympathetic and um, sympathetic nervous system because a lot of times they're running and then need to lay down and take a really accurate shot. Um, right. So that's one of the instances, the box breathing that we use at Cortex for like if you're about to go into a code, um, it's really beneficial. Yeah. I and actually, then also, since, if, yeah, go, I'm sorry, since, Leanne, since I just wanted t- to say that oh. when, you breathe, when you exhale, you yeah. can change it up. You can breathe in for four, hold for four, and then exhale for six. And you extend that exhalation, your your heart rate really will just kind of come down. So that's just one of the exercises I think is pretty simple and pretty easy to, to use. Since you told me about this, and actually I used to teach um, my OB patients about this, but all these years it's like never occurred to me I should be using it myself. Um so funny. But um, as you're talking about, what it reminds me is kind of the concept of all the fire drills that we do in healthcare um, to make sure that when something like that happens, we're ready to go. We know exactly what our job is and where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. It's not a time to panic and then try to figure out who's going to do what. <clears throat> the other thing it reminds me of is when I was in nursing school, I had a teacher who used to say, every time you walk down a hall, uh, think about what would you do if an emergency happened right now? Where you are at with your charting? Where are you at with your patients? Could you hand off your patients easily and and you know be able to give a report to the next person that's going to take them? And I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. Why would you want to imagine an an emergency? To me, it was like you're bringing up an emergency. But it sounds like it's just like what you're saying. If you have that already planned in your mind, when it happens, you just activate it. Right. Um, exactly. So, and it's, 
And using that heart rate, when your patient's heart rate elevates, then be mindful of your own. Okay, now it's time to start my box breathing or resonance frequency breathing. Um, and, and that's really being aware, being aware of what's going on. A lot of times we go mindlessly through what we're doing. So, Natalie, this isn't really just... We we think of it as woo-woo, but it really isn't. There is a lot of um, study behind it. In fact, I just finished a book that you recommended to me called um, "In In the Magic Into the Magic Shop," and it's a a a neurosurgeon um, talking about how uh, many different things. But one of the things he talks about is using mindfulness and using the breathing. Uh, at times when he's shaking so badly, he's inside somebody's brain, and if he does anything wrong, that person's going to die. And he exactly. talked about using this type of of um, treatment for himself. So, um, what is? Tell a little bit about the background. Where does it come from, and um, why is it so many nurses don't know about it? You know, I don't. I don't think it's really taught in in school. You know, and I can't speak so much to the nurses, but I can speak from, you know, just as a doctor, a dentist in the the dental field. I mean, even in the continuing education courses that I have attended, and I have spent tremendous amount of money on continuing (laughs) education courses, I I really haven't been to one that really speaks to mindfulness at the depth that, that it should be spoken of or giving these practical breathing exercises to decrease the heart rate. Um, I think I've had to go outside of that scope, that professional scope, and, and go into more of, I know we kind of quote woo-woo, but it's, it's more, I, I went into a spiritual journey and I was, looking in for, I was looking for answers in chronic pain and energy and in healing from that regard. And so that's kind of how we went into this, this role. But I think that that is, I just really believe that if we can incorporate this at an early age, you know, <laughs> we talk about school, dental school, nursing school, medical school, even pre-med, you know, I gave a spoke to the students at St. Mary's University here in San Antonio, Texas, discussing resiliency and mindfulness and meditation practices and breathing exercises, and they were very engaged. And, mm-hmm. and it's because it's not really spoken about. And, and the more we create this awareness about it, it, the more we can teach people to help themselves. And, and there are a lot of individuals that, 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 are, that are suffering in the silence, you know, and, and it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of, um, you have to have the courage to, to be able to speak about it, to hear your own words, speak about it. But there's a lot of mental health instabilities. I think mindfulness and, and breathing exercises are really key components of, of resilience and, and recognizing it. And I also believe that self-compassion is something that we don't hear enough of. Self-care, mm-hmm. self-compassion, taking care of ourselves. Um, I think a lot of it is built into our culture that we feel guilty taking care of ourselves when we should be doing stuff for others. And especially as medical providers, like I said, we, we often do stuff for other people all the time for our patients for our teams, for, and, and we don't really take that time to take care of ourselves. And, and compassion is huge. So, um, yeah, this is a I, perfect, I, I think that uh, I'm going to stop. Can We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, oh, okay. then let's start with this 
point because there's so much more we can say about it. So, um, so yeah, we're going to take a break here. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. We're talking, uh, the topic today is nurses. Could you use some love and light like right now? Um, my guests are Melissa Cortez and Dr. Natalie Trevino, who are co-founders of Cortex Energy Systems, and Tanya Abreu of Abreu & Associates, who is my marketing director for Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Um, and we have been talking about a lot of aspects of kind of quick, easy ways to heal yourself in the moment of crisis. So we will be back in just a couple minutes. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. WomenInHealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. Women to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Hey nurses, what would you say is the hardest part about being a nurse? Well, most of you would say it's putting everyone else's needs before our own, which means not enough time for self-care. And this is why Holly Blue has created a peer support and community app just for nurses, so you can take care of you. Holly Blue is the ultimate nurse app to help you connect with local nurses, organize your nurse life in one place, restore your love for nursing, and empower you to thrive in a field that needs you. Want to see how it works? Student nurses, nurses, and retired nurses can download this free app on the App Store Google Play now. Just type in H-O-L-L-I-B-L-U or go to hollyblue.com to start connecting. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, Please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Thank you so much for returning with us. Uh, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I am here today. We're talking about uh, nurses. Could you use some love and light uh, in your life right now? So my guests are Melissa Cortez and Dr. Natalie Trevino, who are co-founders of Cortex Energy Systems. Uh, Tanya Abreu is also joining us. She is my marketing director for Once a Nurse. Uh, and so we're talking about what can we do to help ourselves in these crisis situations that just 
tear us down or, or you know, just all of the, the adrenaline that we're running on all the time is so harmful for us. So I want to go back to Natalie. Can you talk about, you know, what is mindfulness? We keep hearing it, but what the heck is it? <laughs> what is mindfulness? Um, I guess it's a simple way to to describe this. Mindfulness is the practice of being present in the moment without judging the situation. It, it's a practice that'll get you out of your head and into your body. You know, you stop replaying the moments of the past or worrying about the the future. And we can we can spend so much time worrying about something that hasn't happened. You know, and a mindful moment is a pause in the day when you are fully present with all your senses. And you can you can do exercises. A simple exercise for this little practical tip is this five four three two one exercise that I'll share with you real quick. You pause. You look for five things that you can see, then four things that you can touch, and you get up and you touch them, and then three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. And you give it a mm. give it a try. You know, mindful practices really help decrease anxiety and worry, and so. And so that could actually be done in just like a couple minutes, right? Or even a Mm -hmm. minute. So I think that's been a a hard thing for a lot of people is they feel like um, uh, I don't have time in my life to take an hour to meditate. Um, And and so they Mm -hmm. sort of push the whole thing away. So is is there more to that that you wanted to say? No, 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 I was just agreeing with you, Leanne. Okay. All right. Um, so is Tanya back? I am. You are. We. I know that you have been working in hospitals for a number of years. You've been around a lot of crises, and you have used these techniques. What would you like to add to what we've been saying? <laughs> I have created a lot of crises, too. <laughs> what I would, we do that, too. What I would like to say say is that there's an insidious elephant in the room. I love elephants. I hate to say that. But the issue is that in the healthcare environment as it exists today, mindfulness is not accepted as behavior. Doctors treat nurses as rush agents, urgency agents, move, 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 solve this crisis. Don't stop. Keep it going. Don't sit down. No breaks. Hospitals expect that kind of performance as being what we look forward to. It is an insidious American industrial behavior. It exists in our manufacturing. It exists in the banking world. Just look at Wall Street, right? Mm -hmm. We are not prepared to be mindful, and we are not rewarded for mindfulness. It is not the way hospitals are or almost any other part of our society. Look at schools. But now what is so exciting is that the pandemic, as awful and tragic as it has been, has swept a new opportunity away. You know, that whole Chinese symbol, right, for chaos also means opportunity. And here we have this opportunity because nurses are leaving the profession in hordes. Doctors are disgusted. They're crying on TV cameras. It is a new world for healthcare. And I think what we can do together in the transformation is the mindful approach to reassessing how we deliver healthcare in the U.S., how we take care of our providers, and how we improve it for our patients. The whole love and light space that we're working on 
to me, is a way to help hospitals understand not only how to keep their nurses and doctors functioning at the highest performance, so there's not medical errors, there's not medical loss and huge costs. Hospitals themselves have to understand that mindful is the new business model, Mm -hmm. not just, oh, it's good for nurses or good for patients. It's the new business model. And I want to help promote that. That's why I'm on this call. Yes, I have worked for a long time, 30 plus years, with physician practices and hospitals, and I have noticed, especially over the past five years, nurses kicking and screaming for the first time ever. And it's not just the young nurses coming out, the millennials who always kick and scream, but it's everyone. (laughs) It's the nurses going out in retirement. Their exit interviews, which I used to read just recently, are all about, I can't take it anymore. So what can we do? How can we help nurses understand that there's a new way to nurse, that there are new opportunities outside of hospitals, entrepreneurial gigs, a remote patient monitoring, things that fit every one sense of what they want to do. And that's what our new space, this loveandlight.org, will do. And I think it's going to be an exciting transformation. And if the listeners that are listening to this now and in the future, please get in touch with Leanne because she is the leader of a movement to transform the mindlessness of nursing right now to mindfulness. And I'm proud to be with you, Melissa, and you, Natalie. I listen to your meditation almost every other day. And, of course, Leanne. Yes, thank you. That is great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, Melissa, could you talk about, so we've talked about these websites and we've talked about, you know, trying to help nurses. What exactly is there? If I went there, what would I find and how would that be helpful to me? Well, I think one of the major barriers is time, right? So Mm -hmm. do I have time to take care of myself? Do I have time with everything else that I have going on in my personal life uh, outside of work. Um, so that's one of the things that we really focus on um, at Cortex. And then, you know, with this love and light space is how can we feature elements that are out there or how can we create in Cortex really, it was about creation of something that's innovative and something that's brief and something that's, accessible for these nurses to use, whether that's a guided meditation to listen to while you're walking into work or one to listen to in the morning when you get up. Um, then it's one minute, two minute um, opportunity during your day. Um, or are there excellent resources out there in existence that we just don't know about? Um, I often talk about in the military, they give us this website that you can go to and there's links everywhere and you go to the website and you're like, this is great, but I'm very overwhelmed. Which link is for me? And one of the things that we talked about doing with the love and light space is really having a consistent layout where you can go to a section, find exactly what you need, and even take a little assessment to figure out what it is that you may need. Talk to a peer. We have peer-to-peer drop-in coaching um, that's available to just talk and say, hey, I had a horrible day, and the nurse on the other end is going to be like, I know exactly what you're saying because I've been there, but let's talk about some ways that um, we can we can mitigate that stress. And then providing financial resources or um, legal resources 
um, to these nurses that really need some help and some support. I feel like a lot of us feel like we've been hung out to dry, that, that people are putting up these hero signs and they're really proud of us, but there isn't much out there to help us. And the mm-hmm. truth is there are some things, um, but they need to be in one place where it's easily accessible. Um, you can open the app or you can open the website and, and look at it and get what you need um, immediately. Um, and these mindfulness techniques are immediate stress reduction techniques. It's not, okay, well, you're going to take a six-week course, and then after the six-week course, then you'll feel better, or you got to wait to set up a meeting with someone. No, if you can watch this five- or ten-minute video or even do a couple-minute guided meditation or technique, and you can start healing in that moment. Yeah, that is what's so important is that it's immediate. Um, what I've been seeing out there is a lot of these kind of six-week courses kind of things and, you know, $2,500 or whatever. And our goal is to really make it as accessible to nurses as possible and as, as um, cost-effective as possible. Um, one of the things that occurred to me is when you're talking about people banging pots and pans and sending pizzas, um, that's not going to do it anymore. We are so far beyond that. Um, what nurses really need is this kind of help and how do they get it. So, um, um, Melissa, do you want to talk a little bit about the Save Every Nurse campaign? Sure, sure. So, um, with the help of Tanya, um, we were able to launch a campaign called Save Every Nurse. Um, and that really is about being able to provide every resource that we can find um, that we vet um, and think that it's a it's a qualified resource uh, to these nurses. So by donating, uh, you're providing a resource to a nurse. I think that my mom kept asking, what can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? Um, and obviously she couldn't watch the kids because of COVID and she wasn't able to help get PPE. So um, this Save Every Nurse campaign is a way for people in the community to give back to these nurses and show their support um, for them being able to take care of their loved ones. Uh, and I think it's a great opportunity for retired nurses or physicians or mm-hmm. anybody that um, is not even in the healthcare space anymore to, to show their solidarity with what's going on. And the proceeds of the Save, Save Every Nurse campaign um, will go to providing the courses that we have. Um, and our courses, like I said, are very short. Um, the peer-to-peer coaching, which I think is one of the most important elements um, in this community space that we've created, because um, you can teach the techniques, but some days you're not going to remember your techniques or you're not going to want to use mm-hmm. your techniques. And more importantly, um, we've just connected with the nurses from um, that Phoenix ICU that was featured in the New York Times article, Death Through a Nurse's Eyes. And I speak to that manager tomorrow about going out there um, and providing our courses to that community. Um, So if anybody would like to uh, support those nurses, they are a small community hospital and really don't have any extra funding. Um, A lot of their nurses have actually left to take large travel contracts in the area. Uh, So they're running short-staffed and they're inundated with COVID and much of their population is minority and low-income so we want to provide our services to them and show them that they are supported. You know, this article came out. That's great. But what can we do as a result of the article? You know, we're here for you. We feel for you. But 
how can we help you? So we will be going out there directly to support them in person, um, provide bedside coaching and support to those nurses. And that's just one example of what we're working at Cortex to do. Any extra money that we raise will be going to get them PPE from Nix COVID, another company that we've partnered with um, that provides direct supply chain management of PPE. And there are so many, like Tanya said, there have been so many opportunities for people to step up during this pandemic and to make change. And that's really what our partnership with Once a Nurse um, is about. And I would be a very bad promotional executive if I didn't mention many, many of the listeners are on Facebook. If you have not gone to Once a Nurse on Facebook, just as we said it, Once a Nurse Facebook, please do and like it. Um, the campaign for Save a Nurse is on there, information about the podcast, ways to get involved. I just had this idea, Natalie, we need to put you on there live doing some of these skills um, to really help those nurses, a lot of nurses who are on that site. So please, uh, once a nurse on Facebook. Um, and actually, if there's a way, um, Leanne, for you to put the link up to our Facebook um, that would be great, too. I, I can't, but, um, uh, yeah, if you go to also uh, my website is www.onceanurse.com. Um, it's all the same, so it makes it much easier to remember. So, yeah, go. you can go to that, um, that spot through there uh, or go just on, on uh, Facebook and go to Once a Nurse, and you'll be able to get there that way, too. So... Um, we are coming to the end of the hour, and I never i am so sad when it comes to this point. Um, but there, I think there are still a few things that maybe each of us wants to say. Just kind of what is, what do you really want to put out there as your biggest message, um, each of you, to what, if there was one thing you want nurses to really understand around the world about what we're saying, what would it be? And... Um, uh, Mel, you just talked, so maybe Natalie, would you be able to um, just say in a minute and a half or so, uh, what is the one thing you really want people to get? Sure. Um, I would say one thing I want you to remember out of this and take home with you is to remember self-compassion. And you cannot get to resilience if you do not have self-compassion. It's you know, there's brutal experiences right now in medicine these days. And if we lose that ability to have compassion for ourselves, we lose our sense of professional fulfillment. And, and I remind you that this is a daily practice, and that's crucial for our well-being. And it's a practice that you do daily. It's a capacity that you exercise and you build, much like a muscle. So that's, that's what I would say. Just don't forget mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, Tanya, do you want to add anything to what you've already said? I would love to. I think I would love to say to everyone, but especially the nurses, that change is very frightening and physically destructive. But if we learn these techniques of putting our hands over our heart, calming ourselves, being mindful of huge opportunities for you that are coming your way and just stay connected to those who believe that too. 
That is a beautiful. And Mel, I actually misguessed this a little bit. I thought you'd all talk a little bit longer. So you've got about uh, three minutes here um, to to um, share whatever message you'd like to now here at the end. If you were on an IC unit and hearing this show, what would you want to hear from from those of us here? What what would have made a difference that, for you? That you're not alone, and it's okay not to be okay. Hmm, that it that is sounds... okay not to be okay, and we're all not okay. Even the strongest nurse that is the greatest at hiding it is not okay right now. And the best way for us to make a significant change in the healthcare system is to empower ourselves. Because you empower 4.3 million nurses, and you're going to have a radical change. And that is what we're here to do. I mean, Florence Nightingale talked about it 200 years ago. I mean, what would Florence say right now? She'd be like, <laughs> uh, I told you about this. I told you this was <laughs> happening, and no one was listening to me. So now we have this tremendous opportunity. Please follow, you know, Once a Nurse on Facebook. Find, um, you can go to cortexenergysystems.org. We have some free um, shareables that we'd be happy to give you, guided meditations and specifically this exchange of compassion that Natalie has written um, for the death of a COVID patient or any patient um, to listen to because a lot of times you don't have that pause there where the family says thank you and you say, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. That doesn't exist anymore. You're holding tablets now and you're crying under your mask and we are there with you. Our hearts are there with you and we're creating this space for you and we really... You know, we need the support. If you want to support a nurse, please check out the Save Every Nurse campaign. Um, and we, it's going to take all of us standing together to, to fix the system and to help each other. And remember that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, that actually is a, a quote, kind of a byline for <clears throat> Kim LaMontagne. And she was just on my show uh, last month. And um, I, she is amazing. So Kim La Montaigne, and she was an executive that uh, uh, had a, an alcohol problem. And she finally realized that she was, quote unquote, fooling everybody, but she was dying inside. And I think that nurses can really relate to that because we're so busy trying to look the part of always confident, always on top of everything. And with all the stuff that's going on, there's no way we could be there because we never get to to do that de-stress. We never get to talk through what we've just experienced that was horrendous and horrendous in many ways, kind of like what Melissa was talking about with, you know, your mask comes off and suddenly here you are, the nurse in the room with an actively COVID patient who is intubated and you're picking up whatever COVID is coming out of that tube. Um, so I think that Kim is a wonderful resource. She is on um, Show Me Your Stethoscope a lot, and she just has lots of ways to help nurses. Another person is um, Kathleen Bartholomew, who has also been on my show recently. Um, I'm going to be replaying some of these shows uh, as I go forward here in April because they were we, so good. We, Leanne, uh, Kathleen and I are working on making The Dauntless Nurse an audible book. So nurses can Wonderful. listen to on night shift or when they're driving back and forth to work. Um, so be following. Um, that will be offered as part of the Love and Light space as well. 
Wonderful. Um, so the Dauntless Nurse is a very quick, little, short, easy read, you'd think. But it's really about teaching nurses how to stand up for yourself in a respectful and professional way. And it's been out for quite a while. It's been used in a lot of nursing uh, schools. So maybe you've um, uh, run across it before. Find it again and use it because it is so, so helpful. Um, And then Kim Evans is another person that I want you to look at. She just wrote a book. I, I had mentioned it earlier about transforming healthcare. We're not kidding. We're serious about this. We want to transform healthcare uh-huh. and we want it to be nurse led. So, Melissa and myself, and Kim and Kathleen, um, and uh, another person, uh, John um, Silver, who came up with an idea on how to finance it. And so, we are yeah, on our website, banging our heads. Our website will be live this evening. <laughs> okay. Say, yes. say what the name of the website is. Uh, it's nursestransforminghealthcare.org. So if you're okay. if you're interested in changing healthcare altogether, revolutionizing, empower yourself to empower change. We we got you. <laughs> okay, and unfortunately, we're we have, we're really excited. We, we have to end the show, and I wish we could go on forever. I wanted to end with a quote. Uh, so I want to thank you all. Please thank you for coming, uh, Melissa Cortez, Dr. Natalie Trevino, and Tanya Abreu for all of the uh, input and connections you've been making with us. Um, I wanted to just leave with a quote that says, the famous Roman philosopher Marcus Aurelius, who lived from 121 to 80 BC, if you can believe that, said, a man's true delight is to do the things he was made for. Human happiness, he maintained, lies in doing those things only humans can, seeking the truth and acting to help those who are suffering. What could be more apt for nurses around the world in this time of COVID? You have all worked beyond capacity for longer than imaginable, doing what you came to nursing to do. Giving at this level has completely drained you. We believe it's time to share love and light with you and teach you to come back better. You can ask, access us through www.cortexenergysystems.org, all written out, and www.onceanurse.com, or contact me directly through leanne at onceanurse.com. So, as usual, until our next show, make it a great week and don't let anyone take it away. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.